0: Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 13 of the show and in this edition we'll be celebrating the 20th anniversary of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis as well as discussing the reveal of Project Resistance. My name is Sineac; you can just call me Sigh. and joining me on the panel this week, is it a snarl? Is it a weevil? No, it's Firebutton Steve Vallance. Hello! First Aid Spray's own problem, child. It's boy wonder, Adam Russell Reeves.
1: Hey, guys.
0: And our guest this week is fellow RE2 board game community moderator, tabletop enthusiast, and contributor to the show, Michael Burgertime Early. Welcome, Michael. Good morning. Hello. This episode of the podcast has been recorded live in the First Aid Spray Discord server, which you can join now to hear unedited podcasts and contribute to the conversation in the text chat, as well as talk to us and other Resident Evil fans about the series. It's also a good place to put yourself forward for the file readings to appear in the show and to ask questions for our bite-sized discussion segment. You can find a link to the server in the description of the podcast or on all of our social media accounts. Before we get into Resident Evil 3 though, we have a lot of news to talk to, by which I mean one giant headline, which is of course Project Resistance. So take it away, Steve.
2: Project Resistance has been revealed with a handful of videos, <laughs> unveiling it as an asymmetrical survival horror experience. I'm what do we think then, boys?
1: Just kind of I'm excited. I-, I don't know about you guys
0: it's had a it's had an interesting reaction let's put it that way i think it was one of those cases where if you kind of knew what to expect you've had a better time than some people that were hoping it was going to be outbreak three for example
1: right um and but here's the thing is if anybody remembers outbreak like how dissimilar is outbreak from what we're getting except with the addition of a like a fifth person So yeah, yeah exactly. and I, I
2: can get I can understand this analogy entirely because outbreak you had you players a total of four player characters right, mm-hmm. and each had their own unique skills. Yeah, um, I'd say the trade-off here is you're losing, should we say, the atmosphere and behaviour of the older games to what well, from the, from the gameplay I've seen, and this is no disrespect, it, it, it feels like a a mixture of three things: a bit of Dead by Daylight with the whole. Controlling right. a super monster like Mister X, right. and you've got uh, a little bit of Left for Dead in the fighting of monsters and things, and then strangely, like not quite complex enough, but like escape roomy style tasks in mm. these enclosed yeah. areas, and that on paper actually sounds really interesting.
1: And uh, the one the one thing I want to mention too is the, that you didn't in your uh, summary there is. The, instead of just controlling the one monster, you're doing a mastermind. So you're playing as Wesker, who's controlling everything. He's spawning enemies, he's spawning traps, and then he can take a direct control if he gets in a situation where he needs to. And I think I think that's going to be the thing that makes this worth playing.
0: I mm. think actually it's worth taking a couple of steps back just to properly explain what exactly it is. So for one thing, uh, there's not Wesker. Uh, people expected it to be Wesker, and images come Fabian. out. Daniel yeah, it's come off the website. Like, what was it? Daniel Fabian, was that what you... Fabian, yeah. Right, so that's the the mastermind character uh, that you'll be playing as. But yes, he in this in this role you'll be spawning enemies, locking doors, turning out lights, uh, turning on security cameras and that kind of thing where four characters um for preset characters with specific roles so you have uh, a dps kind of character a tank a healer and a hacker kind of support character will be making their way out of like you say that was a good summation um they're more like escape room kind of experiences from what we've seen so far anyway what it looks like escape rooms rather than uh big broad areas um terms of the smaller little tidbits of information apparently this takes place outside of raccoon city uh Debate whether or not it's canon, a lot of people are going to just assume that it's not, and if it is, it's in Remake 2 canon. Um, in terms of the enemies and the character models we've seen so far, a lot of it uses RE2 assets in that way as well. Um, taking control of enemies as the mastermind, you get your glowy red eyes to denote that. There is a, uh, this It's kind of a, a weird mishmash of stuff, and there's a lot going on in the screen. Um, There's two videos out at the moment, and we're expecting to get a little bit more probably quite soon to be honest, uh, that show a little bit of the gameplay and some cinematic stuff. And you can garner, you can come to your own assumptions and conclusions about some of it. It definitely seems that Daniel isn't the only mastermind character. There's an image out there with a bunch of security screens, and clearly on one of them there's Annette and uh, the Birkin creature. So there's more, awesome. there's more to this than just that for those four characters and this one mastermind. What exactly this amounts to, though, in terms of how big this game is going to be. There's a big rumor about it being the multiplayer section of Remake 3 and this is kind of a soft announcement for that. Or is it its own standalone thing? Um, I think it was last summer or so there was a leak of a game being made called Outbreakers and this is potentially what this has become. So yeah, it's it's really early days to know exactly what it is but we've got our first taste of it being right. what appears to be a multiplayer focus, but we don't know exactly if there's any offline or single-player mode
2: at all. My so guess is, oh no, go, on, Mike, you go.
1: Uh, so my guess is that we're not going to see a multiplayer, or sorry, a single-player version of it, um, because of the nature. Because that game is its own genre now. There's mm-hmm. multiple games that have that asymmetric feel to it. So this is, I, I'm going to say this is Capcom's entry into it. I also. I don't know that I, I think it's going to be a part of Resident Evil 3. I think it will be either a a palette, like a palette starter so that we don't start yelling at them about Resident Evil 3 right away. So I think we'll see it relatively soon at like a $30 price point, maybe even $20 price point. And then um, that'll keep us held over while they fine-tune, hopefully, knock on some wood, Resident Evil 3.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. if this is part of this whole talk about there being a, a game every year, then yeah, this is a fun little entry to tide us over. It's something completely different, which is nice. Um, right. it, it, it might be a shame if there's no single player or offline mode. Uh, but then again, also if it was this kind I of probably game, probably the
2: offline mode or some right. Kind
0: of okay. Mode too. Right? It would be interesting to see how the AI handles this kind of game. Then I've not got experience with uh, four v one games, um, mm. so I don't know what the AI is like if there is any games with AI. Uh, or if they're all completely online and you have to have five players, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm tentatively excited. It should be a good time. I think, you know, there's enough of us here on the server that we'll be able to pull some games together between us and everyone and the listeners and stuff. Right. So that should be kind of fun in itself um, from for us from our perspective. Um, yeah, it's my reaction to it is better things are coming, and this is going to be a nice little stopgap.
1: Yeah, hmm. uh, I agree with you on that one
4: especially if I, um, Yeah, Adam, how do you feel about this? I'm not uh, I'm not sure. Um my first impression um was probably not great. Um mm. just because it it sound, I like I don't want to sound like super PC or anything because like I'm not really bothered normally by this kind of thing, but it was the characters seemed so uninspired. Very stereotypical. <laughs> like Tyrone right. is a tank and he's a big black guy. Okay. So, yeah. you know, and then the, the two women are support characters. Yeah. And then the baseball cap wearing guy, when a baseball, he he's punches zombies, yeah. you know, right. he's a broad and it's just like, could you, could you be any more you're, stereotypical? Yeah. You're totally characters? Right. Yeah. Um, like, give me something interesting. If you're going to do this, like the, if you're going to set it in the, this world, just do something interesting with mm-hmm. it, you know? They're complete um,
0: archetypes. Like the, you just said about the girl characters. One of them is like the vaguely punky girl who's a hacker. And her name is something stupid like <laughs> January. And the other girl is the other girl is the healer who's essentially Velma from Scooby-Doo. But her name's exactly.
2: like uh, Wow. Is that- Scooby-Doo analogy. They go the whole hog. I want Fred. I want Shaggy. <laughs> right. You
1: know? uh, give, me, give me a mastermind who comes off in a mask at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> to that point, though... Um, those games all had those stereotypical archetype characters um Dead by daylight for example the first four characters are are very stereotypical the the, the two women was the the escapee runny dashy one and then the healer um the one guy was the distraction uh the and then the uh the Asian guy was the distraction and then the white guy was the leader class who like buffed everybody else.
4: Classic. But
1: <laughs> what makes game, what makes Dead by Daylight like, great though is like as the game was out, as it progressed, they added a lot more characters and they added a lot more mechanics. So I think if the game does well, we could eventually see like a Resident Evil Two character pack where we'll s
4: see- I yeah. don't
2: know you got to look at how many assets they've already lifted for this. I'm assuming it's more of a tech demo at this point, so they're probably going to change it. But right now, it looks like it's built out of RE2 pretty much oh. predominantly.
1: Mm. Well, the, the engine already works, so... Yeah. I, do I feel think... like
4: the other issue I have with it is if it does run an escape room style i would probably would hope it would maybe be procedurally generated yeah just because otherwise it's going to be a case of well we've done this mission we know exactly what we got to do to get out so we just like you just do it once and then you're like well we know what we have to do and and the then it just becomes a case of yeah. like can well, that's we where the do mastermind it mastermind comes in
2: surely Right, procedural generation, you've got them messing with
1: the players. Well, also, procedural generation
4: is a staple of the genre, like, if not complete procedural generation. I'm I'm like Sai, I don't know too much about the whole four versus one kind of genre of gaming. So,
1: So, you guys should play Dead by Daylight.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that'll
0: be a thing just as a to get an idea of what to expect. Um, right, it's probably not a bad idea. But just for indie
2: devs, you know, there is. Yeah, that that. that's
0: true, that is true. I do expect there to be some skins and stuff thrown in with this, like pre-order skins or maybe stuff down the line. Like honestly, getting back to the Annette thing, it seems strange that they would have uh, a new character with Mister X and then Annette with Birkin, and that be it. Like I don't know what else they could include. They'd have to make new assets. Um, but I'm it making seems a, strange
1: of that. a call right now. I'm gonna make a call right now. We're Go gonna ahead. see Nikolai and Nemesis.
0: See. If this comes out before Remake Three and it's not associated anyway, is that really a good call though, or do we want to wait off for Remake Three to see those characters for the first time? That's the only concern I would have.
1: So, Mike, my, my, go ahead, Adam.
4: I think maybe that that I I think that's a potential hype build mm, if maybe. they do Nikolai and Nemesis. That's like, oh, whoa, look at this! But I think uh, those kinds of things are probably in the realm of DLC. So yeah, I think you guys are low balling this a
2: little bit because there are there is a perfect candidate for four v one, all right, and that's Resident Evil One. You've got Rebecca, Barry, Chris, and
1: Jill versus Wesker in the mansion. Dude, <laughs> I wish. And like that would be a DLC package. I think we would see if if unless we're talking something like Friday the Thirteenth, where Jason is the only bad guy, and Jason himself in that game has like three forms that he mm. like three styles that he can play as. I think we'll see three masterminds. Um with additional masterminds to be added as DLC. And if it follows the same uh, market, no, the same marketing strategy as the other ones, the way DLC will work, it'll be a mastermind and a new character. And that new character will have unique perks or whatever. And the mastermind will have his own unique boss monster. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, seems very plausible Uh, we're a long way off from the game as far as we know yet Capcom have officially said that I believe it was on stage at TGS when they kind of showed this gameplay video that they have no release window planned yet Uh, they don't want to put anything in stone and they don't want to release uh, before the game's ready which is obviously a very very good thing considering their track history with multiplayer games in the Resident Evil universe Uh, they've been pretty dodgy Um, so it'd be nice for them to get one right in this case so that's that's a good thing, I think. Um, the game is getting uh, beta tested. You can sign up now if you have a PS4. There's gonna be public beta testing. Uh, I think it's the 4th of October to the 7th of October. Um, but obviously the game is playable to some degree on the floor at TGS or something. There's definitely reports coming out from people that have played it. Uh, and all these reports are largely positive so far. So that's a really good start. As much as the game um, has caught people off guard, perhaps, and there's some tweaking to be done, which is obviously what the testing is for. Generally, people are having fun with it. So that's a good start.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: And, and ultimately speaking, that's probably most important, as long as games are fun. Yeah, this
0: is
2: true.
1: So you do you I'm feel just about
2: f- Can I just take a minute to thank everybody for being civil and calm about this? Because the amount of hate and vitriol I've seen <laughs> online over this is really starting to grind my gears a little. Mm.
1: All right? I- Welcome to the internet, man. No, no, no. I (laughs) want to just
2: just take a moment to, like, obviously, the first aid spray community is fairly chill, but I've seen other ones. And I just want to say this, like, you know, if you don't like what you see, there is a very simple thing you can do, and that is not buy it. You don't go out and you don't attack Capcom. You don't go out and you attack moderators and then start flame wars and comments and sections and start inflammatory videos. It's not your... Uh, prerogative to attack these people because you hyped yourself up thinking that it was going to be an announcement for Remake 3 or Outbreak File 3 or any other thing that you personally wanted, okay? Right. It's always a good idea to just take things in moderation and see what happens. Hurling insults around, hurling flame, you know, its there's no need for it and I just feel like I need to say I would go into a two-hour diatribe of this about how <laughs> to, to not act like a complete butthead on the internet but i won't (laughs) i just thought i'd say my piece you know for god's sake these people make games and try and enjoy them if you don't want them don't buy them don't don't hate people for liking things
4: right you're exactly right steve and people should just look forward to masterminding as ramon salazar and controlling that lake monster (laughs) straight
2: (laughs) oh no no ramon ramon and the verdugo
1: no, I'm on board. That would be sick. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm hoping for, for Alfred Ashford controlling Alexia.
2: <laughs> surely the other <laughs> way
0: around. <laughs> It'll
1: be the other way around, surely. <laughs> yeah,
0: just controlling a regular guy with a sniper rifle. <laughs>
2: Structure <Construction laughs> moves off. I Perhaps mean, voice it,
0: in all fairness, there is so much you could do. So if this game is a success, it'd be really cool to see them adapt like so many of these partnerships and scenarios from so many different games. I think it's quite interesting that um, a lot of people expected the gameplay video to come with a new title. We knew Project Resistance and that kind of thing, and that, that's we kind of were like, okay, well, it's a code name. It doesn't appear so. It looks like Project Resistance is its own name. It's going to be. I mean, it, obviously, it's a Resident Evil name, but it's not necessarily carrying the Resident Evil name on its packaging. So that's an interesting well, call. call. Definitely. Well, obviously, yes, Umbrella Corp did the same thing in certain regions. Maybe that's yeah. the way to go with a, a multiplayer game. I guess it does make sense because it keeps it. It's very separate
1: I mean it wouldn't they, there is precedent to be set for uh for having it be like a code name for something because that's of course what they did in the game we're oh the other game we're talking about today mm-hmm. with the mercenaries mode operation mad jackal
0: that's true yeah true it does fit with the the whole thing so far so yeah it'll be interesting to see what information comes trickling out obviously we'll be reporting on it and then when the game finally comes we'll Definitely do a whole episode on it, so I guess watch this space. And now, reading the file Mercenaries Pocketbook from Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, Nick K9's Kayama, who you can find on Twitter at World of Nines.
5: September 26th. It's only been three hours since the mission started. But the team is down to me and Campbell. The number of zombies is far greater than we expected. There is no hope left for this city. We have already injected the antibody for the virus, but I'm not sure that it will work. I don't know if I'll survive. September 27th, we managed to reach the clock tower. Out of desperation, we robbed some wounded members of their weapons and used the surviving citizens as decoys. We were taught to do this in order to survive in the battlefield but I never enjoyed it. However, a girl showed up at the clock tower before me. She's one of the survivors. She looks just like my sister before she starved to death. September 28th. I wanted to evacuate as soon as possible, but the girl didn't. Her father insisted that he wouldn't leave the city where his beloved wife rests in peace. I really wanted to save the girl. But Campbell said, all I care about is our lives. That's how I felt before. But now, the clock tower has become a dangerous place, and I don't want to make any more mistakes.
0: Okay, well, the subject of our main discussion in this episode is Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, which turns 20 this year. The game was designed as a side story originally. Uh, Once upon a time in the late 90s, early 2000s, there's lots of Resident Evil projects floating around. Uh, The original version of Resident Evil 3 starred Hunk on a sort of cruise ship or something, uh, trying to get a sample of the G-Virus. Eventually, this version was dropped. Um, because Capcom wanted to work on games for the PS2, which was on the horizon. So this side story game, this Gaiden title, not to be confused with Resident Evil Gaiden, became Resident Evil 3. And... Um, And this is what we have today to show for it. The third game in the franchise, which stars Jill Valentine escaping from Raccoon City. It was released on September 22nd, 1999 in Japan, November 11th, 1999 in the US, and February 21st, 2000 in Europe. It was directed by a relative newcomer at the time, Kazuhiro Ayama. Uh, He was making the side story game, was probably surprised by the fact that this little game was suddenly being made Resident Evil 3. The scenario was written by Yasuhira Kar- Karamura, um, who was also kind of unfamiliar with Resident Evil at the time and had to do some research to make sure his game fit in with the canon of what was going on, which is a big part of Resident Evil Three. Is, uh all the hooks that it puts into the canon, that kind of thing. And Shinji Mikami is credited as a producer. So before we get into discussing the game and breaking down all the little parts, let's go around the table like we usually do and talk about our first memories of Resident Evil 3. So Steve, what's your first experience with Nemesis?
2: Uh, I'm going to probably set a very bad tone from the last time. Uh, My brother used to get a lot of pirated video games. (laughs) And he uh, introduced me, because honestly I was big on Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil Three almost slipped me by. I I happened to happen to chance to see him playing it on a uh, pirated PS One, and I ended up basically uh, acquiring the disc from him, and then I had to go out my way to chip a PS One, which was an experience. (laughs) But I managed to play RE Three in its entirety over the course of like two or three days because obviously I, I was very young at the time and that most. Biggest highlight for me was that this disc came with a load of preloaded hacks you could turn on and off, though, so I could give myself an iron box anywhere and have infinite weapons. It kind of neutered the experience when I came to approach it at a later time in my life.
0: <laughs> Adam, what about you?
4: Um, my first experience was... Um, I was very excited about this one. Um, after... Here at Resident Evil 1, I kind of heard about... Um, Kind of after release, um, it was kind of playground talk that really got me kind of hyped about it. And then Resident Evil 2 came along, and that was what I played to death out of, um, the demo disc that came with the PlayStation magazine. So by the (laughs) time this rolled around, and I was 17, and I had a job, I was like, oh, you know, I can buy games now. So this was one of the first games, I think, where I was kind of super hyped to go and buy it myself. Um, and, um, I played that the heck out of this one. Um, I pre four, this might've been at the time, my favorite one. Um, what, but while I was playing it retrospectively and, and we'll get into it later, I think that that has changed a lot, but, but just for the time that I was able to buy this myself and kind of had some independence and was playing it i was i had a blast with this one
0: and mike go ahead
1: uh well resident evil 3 was the the first one that was mine right i uh, i was 10 years old and resident Evil one came out i'm probably the youngest person here i guess uh <laughs> so my parents said i was too young to play but my parents played video games so i got to watch them play resident evil one and i got to you know tool around with resident evil 2 but at like Twelve years old, I, I didn't really get it. Uh, when Resident Evil Three came out, it was the first one where I like saw it. I remember seeing the ad. I remember seeing the the the, the first like, trailer for it on TV, and it was like all the guns lined up, and you see all the zombies coming, and it ends with like Nemesis walking forward. He's got that purple tentacle, and I was so hype. Uh, we went down to Software Cetera, which was the video game store at the time, and we picked it up like day one, and I. I must have beaten that game day one and then played it again. Day two. <laughs> uh, I, I loved Resident Evil three and I still love Resident Evil three just because it, it did a lot. It did. We can talk more, we'll, get more into it, but like it did all, it took Resident Evil two and it added stuff that I really enjoyed. We'll say.
0: My experience with Resi three is lost. Like my first experience is exactly, I don't have a clue. I really, my memory is pretty terrible. Um, I'm de- you're, you're definitely not the youngest person here because um, I was in my early teens. All these games were already out. Uh, when I first played Resident Evil, there were already several entries. Um, but I do have this really weird memory of uh, a kid in my street um, saying, oh, his dad's playing a game. It's like an, a- it's like an adult game. Uh, it's called Resident Evil. And it's about going in people's houses and shooting them. We sounds more like gta <laughs> i don't i don't know how he missed the zombie part of the game but he just i don't know he was younger than i was at the time so i guess he just didn't really understand what he was looking at just that it had gore and guns and violence that's what mattered to a young kid um but i'm pretty sure he was playing resident evil 3 or at least this kid's dad definitely played resident evil 3 because the first time i ever saw it was around this kid's house and i remember uh, it was the sort of clock tower area because uh, I vividly remember the cutscene of the helicopter at the clock tower, which is obviously a big turning point. And kind of, I mean, if you're playing it fresh, it's like almost like a twist in the story. But I remember seeing that first and seeing the Nemesis character being blown away. So it's very possible that my first ever... Um, Resident Evil experience was seeing a bit of Resident Evil 3 but actually in terms of getting and sitting down to play with it I I have no idea when that happened there must have just been a time in my life where I just got as many of them as possible and played them in in any way even if it meant borrowing them from friends and stuff like that which is very possible what happened here Um, so it's just a game that's always been there I love the first two games a lot so this one always got pushed to the side but it's always a game that in these kind of like the last few years, I've come back to more than others just because I know it less, so it's always kind of like a fresher experience and getting to um, really tinker around with a game that I know way less than Resident Evil 2 and the original. So uh, it's all it's been nice to play it a little more recently. Um, so we'll we'll break down some stuff about the game. So we were just saying about it doing some some stuff that the series hadn't done before. Obviously this game feels very different and that it's not set in one key location. It's very much about moving around the city. This is the first time we really got to properly explore Raccoon uh, as you move uptown, downtown and all that, going through various locations like the park and the hospital. And that all all of that is really um, because of the Nemesis character. You're being pursued around the city and that's the feeling that it tries to get across. How do we feel about uh, sort of the atmosphere and that kind of thing? Adam, how do you think feel about the locations and how that affects the gameplay and how that makes it different to the other games at this point?
4: Uh, revisiting the game, this was pro- that was probably my favourite thing. Um, I think that the design there is still super solid. Um, ve- very interesting um, to move around, like you say, to move around the city. You know, there's so there's so many locations. It feels like as you're playing through the game um and that was still very re- rewarding um some of the how to say it some of the 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 scenes are somewhat confusing i feel like like some of the like well i mean it's raccoon city but some of the architecture <laughs> and areas just seem a little weird like there's one scene that has like a road but then it has like the little fountain area that goes around a corner and Mm. there's water right now that that some some things i look at i'm i try to be like i'm not exactly certain what i'm looking at but those are few and far between i think go on
1: what are you talking about uh the american midwest looks like that everywhere you're, You're right. i live
4: there yeah you're right it does look exactly like that um but but other than that yeah i really enjoy the the pace of the game mm. and the and the locations and i mean just if you just take just one of those i don't know how many hours of put into art on this game it would be very interesting to know like because there's very little i feel or at least they did a good job because it feels like there's very little reused anything and mm. um there's a massive caveat there though, isn't there wasn't there
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one major um, reused area, but everything else definitely feels right, fresh. Right,
4: and and just the the amount of detail in some of those um, pre-rendered backgrounds is is pretty crazy. You can stand around in some of the city areas and like look at. I feel like you can stay there for a while and and really take it all in. I really love that about this. It's probably my favorite takeaway from this game. Was the 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 art direction and the the amount of kind of art in there,
0: yeah. There's lots of like tiny details that bring that city to life, like the posters, flyers, graffiti. All kinds of signage Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, you can spend lots of time looking at that, and then also, yeah, like you say, questioning Uh, why the shopping district is so, why a lot of the roadways just look like one-way roads, (laughs) just because obviously it's for the gameplay sake to keep everything tight, but it it's illogical.
1: You know, I gotta tell you, I distinctively remember having arguments with friends at school about whether or not you can unlock the outfit that's in the boot, like that first hallway. When you start the game, you come up, you go on top of that dumpster, and there's that outfit in the window there. <laughs> I had arguments with friends that it could be unlocked if you just, you know, did something quickly without being bitten and then like beat the game walking backwards. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that one. Those classic rumors I remember yeah. that about all sorts of games.
0: Absolutely.
4: There's a hidden one of my western friends... right at the start. You just need to go underneath the sewer grate. <laughs> I remember, this is off topic but I remember one of my friends swearing to me that like if you did a certain combination on Street Fighter 2 you could drag and punch out of the screen um, and... <laughs> But upwards, but out out vertically. You could drag a punch vertically out of the screen and Ryu would hit a power line and you would see his skeleton. And he (laughs) swore.
0: That's amazing. That's way better than than trading a level 100 Nido King with a Team Rocket member to get Mew.
4: (laughs) I think that was um, pulling it back to Resident Evil, though. Um, I mean, maybe not just Resident Evil, but I think that was somewhat kind of the beauty back in the day of pre-internet mm. you know there could be this and there often was especially with the resident evil games because they had such little nuances sometimes mm-hmm. that there was all this kind of wild speculation of like you know what could be in the game and how you could unlock certain things and that was an exciting time that we don't really have nowadays uh, which is
1: have? a shame but i refuse to believe the hunk was uh, on a hunk but uh, tofu was real yeah,
0: yeah i mean would why you? would you yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's so true mm um, so... I've got <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got a gameplay bit about Resident Evil 3 I wanna I want to sure. talk about that um I've been playing through it again recently um for no reason in particular. And uh one of the things I really enjoy, like Love about the game is those moments when you're you're confronted with a choice, right? So the the first one happens in in front of the RPD, right? You you fight through, you're fighting through the city. You see your buddy Brad. He's like meets you in the bar, and he's like busted up. He said he's being chased by something. And you walk up to that front door, and Brad's like, "Jill, I need your help." And monster comes down, kills him, and you're confronted with an option. Do you want to try to avenge Brad and fight the monster? Or run away and that right there is amazing because Actually, that get-
0: it's funny because that also leads them to what we were just saying about pre-internet days that's the kind of thing you would have known about um through the internet and stuff just talking about what's new to the game if you just bought this because it was called resident evil and you like the other games i can't imagine what that feeling was like coming across that screen all of a sudden and being given an option like that
1: cause you don't, you don't even get a chance to like check your ammo levels. Right. No, Exactly.
0: You have to make that choice.
1: Uh, but then you do. And either you run into the police station and you don't have to make that fight, but you don't know what happens next. So like, you know that this guy's chasing you. When's he going to come out? Um, but if you fight them and you win, it's a hard fight. But you do get rewarded. You get, uh, I think, the first two f- times you fight him, you get like a handgun upgrade or a part of a handgun yes. upgrade. Yeah the, yeah,
4: the first time you fight them, you get the first set of um, upgrade for your handgun. The Eagle 6.0. Yeah. A rather
2: decent but not game-carrying handgun.
1: <laughs> it's, it's game-carrying if you use the other cool mechanic from that game.
2: <laughs> um <laughs> You can't use enhanced bullets with the Eagles. Oh, Oh, you
4: can't? No, you can't, no. You don't need to, though, really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's a fair point about this. It's called live selection, the choices that you can make, and there's several of those throughout the game. Um, And I think that's a really interesting kind of play on, or eventually becomes an interesting play on the multiple endings. Uh, that Resident Evil had at that time. Obviously, Resident Evil 1 has many multiple endings, uh, depending on which character you're playing. Like, obviously, they get get their own set of multiple endings, so there's loads. Uh, And Resident Evil 2, similarly, kind of... It it has, in its own way, different endings, depending on who you started and who you finished with, uh, and obviously your reading of how the story actually went. Uh, And Resident Evil 3 has that as well, um, has multiple endings. And how you get there again is sort of determined by these small little branches uh, within the live selection and they affect small things later on. So for example, the one that I'll always remember is the cable car crashing and depending on how you act uh, while the cable car crashes uh, sort of denotes how Carlos's personality takes shape after that if he trusts Jill or if he uh, kind of has a bit of a freak out which then affects the next nemesis fight Um, Either he will destroy Nemesis Rocket Launcher or he will throw you some freeze rounds and all of these little moments happen because of choices that you had to make on a whim, uh, which adds some replayability in that way as well. How do we feel about live selection, Steve?
2: Uh, Personally, I love it. It's the one thing that I... uh really give credit for because it makes every, every playthrough you can tailor it that little bit more to make it unique i mean it's technically three choices although the third outcome is normally you're you didn't make a choice so yeah. now take some damage mm. but they always have like ripple effects like the the second one uh the the one where you encounter carlos in either the i mean even then you can they can have this live selection in two places either the restaurant or the raccoon city um, press yeah Uh, if you run away, that will have a ripple effect of where characters appear and the next segment when you're getting like the four key parts for the tram as well. And that can have a ripple effect on where you're going to fight Nemesis next as well. Like, will he appear with a rocket launcher outside the power station or will he ambush you near the fire hydrant and stuff like that? You can, all these little choices that really shouldn't have this ripple effect do and it makes it that much more interesting and unique each time you play. So if you want to mix it up like, now, and you know, most of the variables, you can almost game it to make the perfectly, so to say, straightforward run-through. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things that get in the way of that, like certain RNG on the enemies, but overall, it's a, it's a great thing. I do feel like it's kind of petered out at the end because the last choice where you have to either push Nemesis off a bridge or jump off yourself, kind of just basically you're choosing one of two endings but you don't realize it at the time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's, it's a great thing. And I appreciate it a lot because it can literally change how you play the game each time.
3: Mm.
0: And I think that um, for all the praise we gave Resident Evil 3 by being different in terms of having all of these locations, the fact that it has so many that you move from A to B and C kind of facilitates more of a linear game to some degree. Do you know what I mean? You go from the streets, you go to the clock tower, you don't go back. uh, And then you Mm. move to the park, you don't go back. That kind of thing. Uh, Whereas the live selection... Uh, changes that up a little bit um and and adds more of a more of a depth to it adam how do you feel about that
4: uh, I'm in two minds about the live selection i i absolutely definitely like it for the reason basically for Steve said what I wanted to say sorry um no no that's great i think you articulate, you articulated it better than I could um so for, for the positives that i think for the negatives um it it doesn't I, would, I wish the game would give me a way to understand the choices pre-choice in a way that maybe there's like a little bit where I can say, oh, it looks like this XXX. The biggest thing I can give you for that is the point when you're in the clock town and it says use the light or use the cord. And my I'm just like, what does use the cord mean? Like, Entertainment, I don't, that's what it means. Exactly. <laughs> but, I'm like, but, I, I, and at that point it hasn't been pointed out like oh there's this power cord here kind of thing like so I'm just like I, but I isn't, I'm given no context as to my choice. So really that, at that point it's it's just a 50-50 choice for me.
1: Isn't that kind of like the thing about the genre though? It's survival horror you're not supposed to know what's next you're supposed to just make that gut decision and then deal with what happens, right? I mean,
4: we can say that about a lot of choices. Um, I just feel like, you know, uh, like I say in that specific example, it's very difficult to even know what you're choosing to do.
0: Mm, I do see so, what you're like I, I, don't want to make blind that, yeah.
4: decisions. You know, use the cord could mean anything. Like, am I going to wrap it around my own neck and jump off the clock tower? Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not to so. Um, no, current. I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's really. I, uh, again, like, I really like the idea. I think it was pretty well implemented. It, it makes the game replayable for sure. It, it's just my only issue is it's so vague as to what each choice does in some situations. Um, and what the outcome will be is just random. And there are ways you can miss out on, um, Collectible parts from Nemesis. I think if you don't make certain choices, so mm.
0: it was um, rhythm in the server referenced the podcast Castle Super Beast, where they were talking about uh, survival horror, and the trick being to save, and then really explore and try everything out, and then reload and do it again. Which obviously that's the ideal way to play. You're going to figure out all those what those vague thing means. You're going to you did with that, though. but obviously, yeah, you you don't do that with the first <laughs> right. time you're playing it. Um, and I think that Resident Evil 3, uh, and I'm showing my hand a little early here, I think is very punishing with that. Um, it's probably the hardest game of the classic bunch. At least I feel like it. Um, because it's one of
2: two games, I think. Um, what's the other player. one? No, as in, there there are two versions of Resident oh, Evil 3. Oh, I there's, see, there's,
0: right. Yeah, of course, there's yeah. There's the version
2: where you fight Nemesis, and there's the version where you run from him.
0: See, that's the thing, though. So another gameplay, we might as well get to this now, another gameplay dynamic that Resident Evil 3, uh, it's very it's unique to the game, is the uh, ammunition creation. Um, and you have the gunpowder, you're mixing gunpowder to make uh, more ammo. And it's completely left up to you how you do this. You can mix yep. gunpowder A together to make uh, handgun ammo, gunpowder B together to make shotgun ammo. Um, the game never explicitly tells you this, but then the number of times you do that, you can create enhanced Handgun and shotgun ammo as well. Almost, I have to citation like RPG, needed.
2: You say like, I have the citation needed you do because it is in the starting files. Does it say yes. you can
0: make enhanced?
2: Yes, ah. a, if you do it enough, you get experience and improve the bullets.
0: Oh, okay. You also well, start well. to make. You also
1: make more. Like yeah, you yeah, 50, you do. I think it goes to yeah. seventeen,
0: and that's sort of like the RPG element almost that people reference with that. Where yeah, you get better at doing it. I feel like that file. I obviously need to commit it to memory because. I always forget how to make C and have to check back, which is combining mm-hmm. A and B. I'm always like, I haven't picked up any C gunpowder, because you don't they pick it up. Tricky, you make it. Is
2: a grenade. Mm-hmm. And I
1: remember the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so um, so obviously what I was getting to is you got all these choices of how to use your ammo, uh, this gunpowder, so handgun, shotgun, and then all the different yeah. gunpowder. Depending on what you do with that, Can obviously make the game harder or easier if you know exactly what you want to make out of it and i often wind up basically screwing myself over (laughs) by having loads of something that i don't need like why did i make myself all this handgun ammo i don't know uh i don't have anything worthwhile to fight some of the later enemies which can make the game really difficult
1: later totally um other cool mechanic from resident evil 3 uh, is the dodge mechanic it's the first one that we can actively dodge zombies
4: yeah. See, you use the word cool, but yeah. you meant trash. Yeah. Do you, do you oh, want to explain
1: it. For
2: the for the audience, just, to, just so they idea? Uh, so
1: um, it never actually worked like this. Uh, <laughs> so I always turned – there was two ways. You can have it be auto, where sometimes you dodge a zombie and other times you wouldn't. I think it was random at that point. But if it was active, if you uh, were to uh, use your aim button, which at the time was R1 on the PlayStation controller – just as the zombie is about to grab you, you would dodge back and like kind of give them a like a, either a shoulder push or you just dodge back like out of their grasp, and then can uh, can run around. It's also the first game that did the 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 back. If you do the back run button, you did a 180 and could flip directions. Hmm.
0: So I think we should keep all these little gameplay tweaks, keep them all together as a little bit of like a. So Resident Evil 3 is a bit more action focused, so these are more like the action gameplay tweaks, the making your own ammo in the dodge the 180 degree turn so let's discuss that a little bit more Uh, adam i want to hear your side on the dodge because i'm pretty sure i
4: agree with it um i hate it i really hate it (laughs) um it's it's actually kind of difficult to dodge zombies this is the way i see it It should be easy to dodge zombies they're zombies and it should be difficult to dodge everything else um it's actually hard to dodge zombies because their attacks are very difficult to time Mm. but I can play the whole game now and I will dodge every attack by Nemesis. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. His
4: his attacks are so telling. The only one that I might struggle with is the one I really like from him when he does the sudden rush um, and swing, which he can kind of come out of nowhere, which I like. But other than that, like I dance around him like flipping you know, Mike Tyson on the Nez. I love it. <laughs> um, so... I really dislike the mechanic. I think it takes so much out of the game. Um, it's It just seems... So, it just seems like so out of left field for the style of the game, the tone of the game, the way the game plays otherwise um, for that dodge to be in there. Mm. I, I will say I like the crafting mechanic. That's interesting. And I like the way it kind of secretly reward you as you get better as you go um and um uh the 180 turn is great i think that's super useful um but yeah the dodging didn't just like die in a fire in my opinion (laughs) i think
0: think it's telling that the 180 degree turn has gone on to appear in later games and even we did the episode on deadly silence it even appears in the original resident evil one now on the ds Uh, (laughs) and the dodge mechanic has been left forever because i i too too hate it it's just i always seem to get it completely by accident most of the time it's hide the timing on it's all over the place Um, unless it's something like nemesis yeah then you then it would probably be easier to figure that out I basically just abandon it and don't bother using it and when it does happen it's complete by chance. I, yeah, It just seems silly <laughs> and unnecessary.
2: See, I've, I've got to counterpoint this because I love it. I, <laughs> yeah. I genuinely love it. it <laughs> it's, got that, it's got that little bit more of a skill threshold to put you like, you know, you have to really know what you're doing otherwise it's clunky and unwieldy. But it's, it's like parrying in Street Fighter 3. Anyone can tap like back at the right time and block an Aduken but to block like super Combo, you have to know your timing and things. Um, you know, for fighting like nemesis and things, it's instrumentally brilliant because you can like then get around him easier and outpace him because he will run and beat the living daylights out of you if you don't. I mean, if you try and just fight him like T103 or T00, you're going to get pasted because he's faster than you, stronger than you, and he's got a lot more moves. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, otherwise, against regular zombies, I can see where you're coming from. It's clunky and it just like you'll occasionally ch- charge them when you want to shoot them. Or I mean, was it the drain Demos and the uh, the brain suckers when they do that weird run thing? you know when it's like and flail like you violently. <laughs> you press the you press to try and shoot them at any time. You are going to just dodge because that attack animation is massive and what you know long. Yeah, it it's um it needs balance. It needs tweaking. I feel like Revelations Two when they put the dodge in is probably the best version because it's now just a basically anytime you want an iframe dodge, press you know press circle or B. Bam! There you go. But you've got a massive recovery. Uh, I think Revelations One had dodge as well, but it was like almost akin to this. You got a perfectly timing, moving at the enemy. Is that right?
0: Uh, it sounds right. Honestly, I don't dodge in most games. So yeah, that's, that's I, true. I forgot it existed from Revelations, but you're probably right.
2: Hmm. I, I, I feel like it. It needed. It needs more honing. But yeah. as a fighting game enthusiast, it's uh, it's fun when you nail the timing <laughs> on Nemesis and you can dodge him left and right and then go around him and shoot him in the back. You know, <laughs> against regular zombies, not so much. Then it's just a, a tedious trip
1: up. I I agree with that. Um, I'll I'll concede that it was a bit clunky, but hey, it was it was 1999, man. It was a new mechanic. Yeah, like,
0: um, I think um, yeah, Resident Evil 3's whole thing is that it is it sets itself apart, it's an experiment game. It started off as a side story, probably to toy with different ideas, um, which is obviously what it's done to varying degrees of success, but it has lots of little bits that we all just talked about there that were completely brand new, most of which never came back and are unique to this game, uh, which is what makes it special. Live selection, the ammo, all that. Um, It's nice that it has those things. I mean, obviously on top of that, it does improve a lot of stuff from previous games like visuals what we were talking about but it sets itself apart at the same time
2: do we consider the rng aspects part of the gameplay would you say i mean that's very, say?
0: yeah that's true there is plenty of those as well so for one example straight off the top of the head is obviously just um different enemies in in the same room depending on rng sometimes you'll come across uh so the first thing that always comes to mind is in the hospital sometimes it'll be zombies sometimes it's sliding worms in that little room where you have to do the puzzle solving, and there's plenty of those throughout the game as well.
2: Mm.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: And then there's, like, the Magnum or the grenade launcher. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. That my I mean, that dictated the entirety of my, like, my run for the podcast, which was getting the Magnum in the police station, which oh, nice. basically relegated my uh, grenade launcher to, oh, I've got all these rounds I'm never going to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a shame that there's some things that are weird like that. But again, I'll, that's the RNG, I suppose. You'll either get, oh look, there's loads of ammo, or, oh look, there's loads of herbs. <laughs> <laughs> if
1: if if I remember correctly, you could make Magnum ammo by combining. Was it ammo? Three C's. Yeah. You
2: do get a lot for it. It's like thirty rounds. But wow, it's an investment. Dang. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of pistol and shotgun you're throwing away. Yeah, yeah, but you're
4: getting 30 rounds for the Magnum.
2: You, you wouldn't use it anyway, Adam. I remember your RE2 podcast. We had 40 rounds left and didn't do no win. Bro, it's still the same. It's still
4: the same in this game. I end up, I end up with something. Even though I've played it so many times, I'm like, got to save the good ammo? Right. Because you might need it for a boss fight later. Yeah, and, and that's a good segue into Absolutely. One, of my, one of my other issues going back to the game is lack of fun bosses mm-hmm. um, there's only so many times you can fight the nemesis it doesn't change uh-huh. um, and really other than that there's just like the grave digger boss which yeah. is which is kind of interesting you know mm-hmm. it's definitely different but one of the things I love about the original Resident Evil is some of the kind of crazy or, or a, the series as a whole is like some of the crazy creatures and stuff that sort of pop up and I feel like Resident Evil Three did none of that. Um, bosses, you know, were essentially just nemesis encounters, and and pretty much could be avoided. So you can almost play the game with like no bosses, um, and that's a big disappointment for me. Um, and I feel like maybe coming off of two. They were trying to do the same thing where it was, you know, obviously like Birkin was the one boss, pretty much. He didn't have tons of bosses in that either, but but Birkin changed it up mm-hmm. every time, so it felt fresh. Whereas whereas on my replay through of this is like I really felt like I was missing some really good set pieces, Um and Nemesis didn't really change throughout the game. You know, he remains. Pretty much the same, other than some like costume differences, until he just becomes a weird blob at the end of it. So, um, that was a big issue for me. Um, I have, um, I don't know,
0: like, it's strange because there's one, like, they're like polar opposites. So, there's the Nemesis, and they're similar as well, which will what makes it interesting. So, there's the Nemesis fight in the Dead Factory. I really like where you have to spray the acid on him so he falls apart. Yes. Which is obviously, yeah, that's awesome. is a nice. You get nice ramp ups that as well because you've tried to fight him so many times and you just can't stop him. And the only way to uh, eventually get rid of him, or at least what you think at that time, is to break his body down with the acid, which is really cool. You're running around, you're fighting him, and you're activating these little things. Um, and the arena is a nice shape and size conversely uh, the gravedigger boss fight the arena is this terrible little u-shape um, horrible it's an awful it's a it's a terrible boss fight a, it's just a,
4: shoot something in a corridor mm, you basically mm.
0: shoot it until a little cutscene plays that shows that there's a uh, it's like power line or a street light and then uh, yeah you, you you fire that down against a little puddle of water electrocute it and it dies or you blow its head off whatever comes first but it's just a very boring and irritating boss fight that and that's the only other boss fight other than Nemesis, like you say. Um, yeah, and that's the big disappointment because it's the yeah. only other
2: boss other than Nemesis and it's a bad one.
1: It's not mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It also goes to the fact that I think Resident Evil 3 is like very fast.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: like it's, it's, it's there, given that it's, it is pretty linear in comparison to the Resident Evils because you're not going back and forth a lot. But like I feel like, like when I was a kid, I, I'd need it real quick and even playing through it again, I, like I, it was it was. Uh, it was gobsmacked how quick the game was.
4: Yeah, you can you can run through this game pretty easily and in, in like three hours, like w- without too much difficulty. You don't have to be a speedrunner to get mm. like three and a three and a half hours on this one. Easy.
3: Mm.
1: So you just have to try to get longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you do.
0: Yeah. Okay, so while we're talking about creatures, um, let's talk about the regular enemies in the game. You've got the basic sort of three that you'd expect. Zombie, zombie dog, crow, they're in every game. Um, you've got the sliding worm, like I mentioned, that appears in, I think, literally one room. Um, spiders are maybe. Back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> appears in one room. Um, and then after that, we've got some interesting stuff. So hunters are in the game. Uh, returning from Resident Evil 1 but it's the hunter beta oh, they make some appearances um, there is the hunter gamma which makes a single appearance I uh, don't oh, know two appearances because they can potentially appear in the park uh, but you can run straight past them so they don't really have a big effect on the game overall there's also the drain demos which are fine but they to me they are just kind of like rubbish versions of the liquor um, and that is it which is doesn't really leave too Does much of rain suckerss
4: the poison brain yeah, demos.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the leech
4: things, yeah. the brain suckers. Are
0: they the leech things? Yeah, the the they're like the four legged sort of almost the like tape, flea things.
4: What, what are the tapeworms in the sewer?
0: The sliding worms, I guess.
4: Oh, okay, sliding worms. It seems counterintuitive to even
2: have these brain sucker dr- things in there because I mean they're literally poisonous spiders, basically. I don't even know what
0: they are. they people said they're sort of like fleas, but they're not fleas and.
2: Well, I don't mean biologically, but I mean in gameplay terms. That There's just another poison-spraying six-legged pain in the bum. You know, it's,
0: yeah, it's n- not, it's not really variety. Yeah, they don't really offer a whole lot of interest, do they? They're not... So if you look at Resident Evil 1 and go, you know, the, the big interesting enemy of that game is the hunter, and Resident Evil 2 has the liquor. Resident Evil 3, it doesn't have a good standard creature. I mean, it, obviously, it has Nemesis, which is more than enough to carry it, but it doesn't have, like, a new uh, creature... You encounter several times in the same way yeah. that you did liquor you got, you got hunting, crusty I mean. hunters. Crusty hunters, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now uh, the hunter gammas are the frog ones, right? The ones yeah, that, frog like, boy. Yeah, the the thing I always liked with the hunters is if you were always on like orange caution, they had a move that would just like end you. Mm. And that one, he would swallow you. Whole, it is cool. And, like,
0: but it's underutilized because you can barely see them, which is a real shame. Because I kind of like the hunter gammas; I feel like they could have really stood out as being something unique for the game. But they're in the basement of the hospital, and maybe in the park. It's just a shame. Do we know why they're in the
2: hospital? Because that's a very seedy, scary umbrella. Clearly, want to make frog monsters.
0: Um, they apparently, I think, if I remember rightly, yeah, a couple of somehow a couple of uh, hospital employees managed to overpower them and keep them down there. Um, to keep them out of the way it's sort so of nonsense
2: it's, it's not an umbrella <laughs> it's not an umbrella facility
0: no they are um, no it's they're, a, they're a hospital
2: they're cool. <laughs>
4: yeah they're being <laughs> ripped off. no it's a hospital <laughs> the weird thing like the thing that make there's that room in the hospital with the giant tanks with the guns yeah and i'm like what room in
1: the hospital is that
0: yeah that's i mean why would those tanks be there to begin with
1: <laughs> that's listen it's, the uh, banks you, obviously. it's very clear that they're back to tanks and this is star wars
4: <laughs> oh, I forgot. Resident Evil's part of the Star Wars universe.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh
1: yeah, so ultimately what I'm hearing is that we got one new enemy in Resident Evil 3. And he's awful.
0: Yeah, the Demos. It's and well the ga- like I say, the gamma is new, but it is an offshoot of the Hunter. But yeah, the, the drain demos is the only brand new creature.
2: Um you don't even get a backstory for it, a liquor you no, get some I mean you like, don't get hope for the hunters, but even
0: now there isn't really any info on the drain DMS. They've never been seen since, I think. I guess they're probably in Umbrella Chronicles, but I don't think they're in anything else.
4: It's weird that like when you first see it, it's that scene where you're walking down the alleyway and you're not paying attention, and it kind of scuttles out the window and up the wall. And I was the first time I played, I was like, look who's awesome. And then <laughs> it was like, Oh, this isn't awesome.
1: This is a lame, weird <laughs> yellow knot liquor. I don't like it. yeah <laughs> Yeah,
2: it's, it feels like a cheap bootleg. I want Optimus it, Prime, not Optimus Rhyme. I,
4: it was can weird I, that they didn't just use liquors, you know? Like, well, yeah, they're, I mean, not?
3: They're,
0: they're already in Raccoon City, so we know that they're... Right.
1: Uh, the other thing I want to say is, like, talking about that when you play in Resident Evil One and you see the Hunter for the first time, there's this really cool like cinematic where he's like, you see him running through the alleyway. He leaps up, he like jams through the door, and then he's at the end of the hallway, right? And you see the liquor. There's this hallway where Leon's like walking down the Orclair, walking down the hallway. You hear the drip of the blood. You look up, and there's this monster. And the Drain Demos, you you just get, he's at the end of a hallway.
0: Mm. So here's the thing, actually, and I wonder if maybe they would have inserted something had they had the time. But because this was a side story, this game at one point was intended to have no FMVs, um, just for cost-effective and time-effective purposes, which is really interesting because obviously the opening cinematic of the game is really iconic now. Um, but at one point this game wasn't going to have any FMVs at all. So I wonder if given they had, enough, if they had more time um, and they planned ahead a little bit, if they'd have made something for the demos, which would have helped a little bit, uh, so See, there I'd you go, funny little resi fact for you.
2: I'd argue the RNG nature RNG nature of the game. Mm, kind that's of true because it means they can't give them a set like. Well, I mean, there's that one crawling out a window, but there's no set here. Is the you know here is the brain sucker? Here is the drain Demos. Look how impressive they are. Mm. Like the and Hunter get, you know, those iconic mm. scenes mm. are still scorched into memory. It's horrifying.
0: Although, then but again. <laughs> Krusty Hunter gets one in the hospital no matter what, um, where it, yeah. it decaps a zombie depending on what region you're playing. I, When I played it through the, for the podcast, I played the GameCube version, which is censored, which is hilarious to see the zombie you get its head swiped and it stay on, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they have to censor
4: it, even though it's a zombie. Like... <laughs> yep. Japan. Yeah. Um... One thing that was interesting for me in this game and that I had forgotten about is the amount like like you say, for like a side project, um, for like a side story. There's a lot of a lot of enemy choice really when you look at it compared to the other mm. games so far in the series. Um but also the amount of mini cutscenes where zombies would come through windows or break through doors or there's actually a whole ton of that in the in the early stages of the game, which I found they did, a, which was really good for like changing it up and creating like an oppressive kind sure. of feeling. Yeah, they, there's a lot of like zombies coming through windows, yeah, and mm. stuff, which is great. It's definitely the zombie-filled of the of the three, the original three. Yeah, yeah, like, this is true. Yeah, there are cool little notes, like when you're in the hospital and you come down in the elevator and the door opens and there's like six or seven zombies right there. There's a lot of cool stuff like that.
3: Mm.
0: Zombies do uh, get it, a bit
1: more. There's that, again. going back to that first scene in the game when Jill's like walking out of her apartment building and then she jumps over that dumpster and she looks down. There's like six zombies on the, the one side. She looks down the other one and there's this like moment of panic where she like turns around and she like gets through that door to get into the warehouse. Mm. Like, it's tense. I
2: wish we mm-hmm. start the story five minutes before because I wanna know how Jill gets exploded out of a building,
4: smashes her head in a car, and then she's running. I know the answer that, to that, that question. That always, that always really confused me. Like from all of she my, just even smashed from, the head at a car. I mean, it's blown out of a building. Like, She's blasts smiling. out of a brick wall. Like I'm just like, what the hell happened? Everything's on fire. The zombies are on fire. She's like, not, and I just don't even understand. I never understood like that. Like it's why ace happened?
2: in a strange way, but I still would like to know what the hell's going on those five <laughs> before,
1: right? there's a novel (laughs) written by (laughs) (laughs) or if I remember the novel right there's like a lantern in her lobby that gets knocked over as she's running away and it hits the ground and explodes. Oh interesting.
4: But that doesn't take out a brick wall. Yes it does Okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't question it
4: it. You know what you're right it does (laughs)
0: And now, reading the file, Supervisor's report from
6: Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, Ted Biorndall. The endurance ability of the contaminated guinea pigs is truly incredible. Even when shot in a vital area, they can sometimes survive for several days without taking care of the wound. However, after prolonged exposure to the virus the guinea pigs' intelligence level decreases to that of an insect. Even though reviving the dead seems too disgusting, the virus may still be of use. If we inject the virus into our POWs and release them, they would return to their units and then turn into zombies. This plan may work well for us in the future. In certain areas, the virus seems to have caused the mutation of animals and plants. It may be difficult, but it'll make a good sample for the bioweapon development. I've heard that there is a giant alligator, but I have only encountered a giant creature moving underground. I don't even want to imagine what creature spawned that monster. I encountered Nemesis. If I didn't know about it, I'd have been contaminated and would have become one of them by now. If it is still walking around in the city, its mission is not yet over. Stars members must be very tough since they've survived until this point. However, they cannot hold out forever.
1: You ready ready to talk some of the (laughs) best alternate game mode in Resident Evil? Uh, I certainly can,
0: yeah. Yeah, since we're on the subject of enemies, uh, myself and Adam don't really have much to say on Mercenaries, so you guys, you can take it away.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I'll explain Mercenaries. Uh, as in Resident Evil tradition, Mercenaries mode is a additional mode that gets unlocked after you beat the game. In Mercenaries mode, you play as one of the four Mercenary characters, three Mercenary characters that are present throughout the storyline, which we'll get into when we talk about characters. Uh, and it's a... The plot is that Chief Brian Irons has implanted a bomb in you, and you're trying to get to the end of a, a level for some reason to disarm the bomb. Killing zombies gets you more time, and you can also rescue some survivors along the way. That also gets you more time. Mm. Um, kind of reminds me of The Force Survivor, but not as hard.
2: I would say so, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and there's three characters. There's Carlos, Nikolai, and Mikhail. Um, Carlos has like a... He's got a bunch of handgun ammo and, a handgun, and the. handgun.
2: He's got the Call of Duty loadout. The sword yeah. life on a
1: pistol. <laughs> uh, Mikhail has a shotgun and a magnum, I think, and a couple of first aid sprays. And my man Nikolai, the coolest cat of the bunch, gets, <laughs> gets a knife, a blue herb, and like two green herbs. <laughs> <laughs> it, it,
2: it, it, yeah, and a pistol, but yeah, yeah. you're not going far with that. Um, I personally, it's it's weird. I think it's... It's not as fun as RE2's battle mode, but it's better than the fourth Survivor. And I love the fact that it's got... It's clearly non-canon, but it's got its own framed-up little narrative for the whole, like, you know, Mr. Brian Irons is now doing a battle royale on your neck if you don't get out of fast enough.
0: It's yeah. funny yeah. just listening to you say that kind of thing made me think of Ghost Survivors from Remake 2 and how much it hasn't changed where it's like here's some non-canon silliness go have fun which is totally fine that's what uh, you want totally as an unlockable
2: mode yeah it's yeah. like you know there's an explosive in your neck get to this point or you're going to die and it's like <laughs> <laughs> um
1: and when you're playing through it if you're not going to beat it right there's always this moment where you just like stop and like watch those last few seconds count down, and then you hear, dude, dude, doot. And Tom then it's the great. It like, the screen just turns white, and it goes, You died.
2: Oh, no, you get. Uh, is it just. I mean, I played the PS1 version. Do you not get the silhouette of the corpse with the head off, or. No? I
3: don't
2: is recall. Hmm, okay. <laughs> See, uh, this is an, calling back to earlier when I said that I had a cheap hatched disc of uh, RE3. Mm -hmm. There's a a beautiful thing I discovered. I'm yet to see anyone post this online, so if anyone does, by all means, link me and I will laugh my ass off. I I don't know if it's because they never meshed the characters, but if you somehow get an infinite ammo minigun into Nikolai's hands, or a mind flower, or the Western custom, he does not have animation for these weapons, and it now comes out of his hand. He's like a cyborg (laughs) Terminator man. (laughs) And it's brilliant. Like... It also ups the rate of fire, something ridiculous. So, you know, Nikolai is the most OP character from the Mercenaries if you can break the game and give yourself a nine box anyway and all the infinite ammo weapons.
4: I'm just saying, you know. Steve, it's, it's hilarious because, like, in our last episode, you were like, I somehow got a. Pirate copy of Exactly, Evil. I know, yeah. And now you're like, I've got a pirate copy of Resident Evil 3. You have got some sort of shady past. Now, you know, no, admit, it's never been me. You and are I the guard will... of first aid <laughs> I will talk about saying, always support the official release. I have bought. I have bought...
2: <laughs> PS One. I uh, can't wait till the next episode where
4: you're like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you <laughs> this is the last one. This is the last
2: one. I'd be really confused
0: if <laughs> the next episode is Teppan Like, how do you get a cracked version of Teppan But he'll get it Steve somehow. Has a way. <laughs>
4: Steve's the, like Steve's like, I got the uh,
1: the actual card version. From, uh... <laughs> Listen, I, I know a guy who cracked the source code to Tap it. <laughs> Let me tell you about this card that you haven't seen yet.
2: I'm getting painted <laughs> in a very negative light. I never purchased any of these things; I was given them. Oh,
1: now you're not purchasing video games. That's <laughs> cool. No, 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 no.
0: I think it probably be <laughs> best that we move on.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, characters though. Um, characters. That's it for oh,
2: can before we yeah go to say the the thing about mercenaries that makes it cool uh, is the whole non. I mean, there's a linear route, but you can break from this route and rescue characters, which gives you more items and more time.
1: Mm. Yep, and uh, that's really awesome. And it's characters that are like present in the game, like uh, like Dario.
2: Yeah, that's Marvin. Cool. Marvin's
1: one. Yeah,
2: appetizer Brad. girl from the clinic on the DHS <laughs> tape.
1: Indeed, uh, which is which is really awesome. I'm actually as we're as we're talking, I'm watching somebody play through the Mercenaries mode right now uh, as Nikolai, um, and I don't I don't recall running into Nemesis during it, but you do.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. three times if you're fast enough at the boss, he will jump off. Because I mean, there's a, it, there's a bit of RNG there too. Like right? yeah. certain enemies will place, and if you don't get to a place at a certain time, Nemesis doesn't spawn. So I suppose make it a little easier, but obviously yeah. you get less points in time.
1: Um. But it was really cool. Uh, you also, it, money was your score at the end. Uh, killing zombies got you a bunch of points. And then the more zombies you killed, the more time each zombie gave you.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, topping out a combo. Yeah, I think it was like, it tops out at, wow, this guy just killed two of them, got 50 more seconds. Um, so th- that's, really, that's really neat. There's that sense of urgency. Um, but it also gives you a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, unlike for survivor which is like if you don't if you're going a too slow or b you don't run out of, like use your ammo in the wrong spots then you're just kind of yeah stuck.
0: yeah yeah mercenaries is definitely more well more playable yeah it's got yeah. much there's much more to it and obviously um <clears throat> capcom thought so because it's something that they went on to make again and again and it's become raid mode and yeah, yeah. and like i say even in remake 2 some of the modes in there feel still linked back to this original mercenaries mode so uh it has had an overall effect on the series so yeah it's an important part of remakes uh, uh, sorry of re3 so we definitely need to talk about it so um but you've mentioned the characters there, so let's talk about the characters and the story of the main game um obviously stars jill valentine she's the first returning protagonist in the series uh on her escape from raccoon city it's a fairly basic story in that sense in that that's sort of what you're up against, your Jill, you're trying to get out, boom, that's pretty much it. The game introduces uh, the UBCS, the NET Parasite, a bunch of stuff that's going to become a big part of the lore. Um, and in the same way that Survivor, almost, is, it's the story is pretty simple and straightforward. It's stuff like the files and all the information around it that's really, really interesting and contributes more to the overall universe. Um, yeah. So Resi 3 does a lot for that in terms of talking about... Because um, obviously it's got all the unlockable epilogues as well, and there's lots of information about what happens next in terms of Umbrella and the government and what's going on in the background too. So there's a real, there's quite a lot of information if you go digging for it. Um, how do we feel about the story, uh, Adam?
4: Um, I enjoy the story. It's it's well paced. It um, it's. It's very B-movie-esque like the like the other mm. two. It's, you know, you don't get a lot of, of direct information. You kind of gather a lot of the information yeah. as you go. And I really like that. That's one of my favorite things about the first three games is that there is a lot of world building hidden in there. You know, yeah. like like Dark Souls has done recently where they give you everything kind of in descriptions. Yeah. Um, that that was present in this game, and I really enjoy that. I like reading them, and I feel like it's weird because some in some places this game has terrible writing. Mm. In yeah. a lot of places, I'm not even gonna say some places, in almost all places. And that that the same <laughs> goes for number for two. <laughs> yeah, the same goes for one and two. They they're actually and and really it was really noticeable when I played this game back. Like the the script is horrible. I mean, it's, it's some bad cheesy acting, (laughs) um, but the files are always really well written. I feel, um, they definitely evoke a good sense of sometimes dread, you know,
3: Mm. sometimes,
4: sometimes sort of clinical, um, kind of willful, like the arrogance that comes out of some of the notes on the umbrella End just feels so good. Um, and yeah. I really, really enjoy the the scripting and world building that way. But the the script itself, like the actual characters talking, is just horrible in this game.
2: <laughs> the foxy so, ladies love my accent; it
4: drives them crazy. <laughs> I just the right at the beginning, like <clears throat> like Brad. Brad knows that like this this dialogue exchange when when you first see Brad again, and it seems like obviously you probably, it feels like you haven't spoken some time or you don't often speak, but she's, she's just like, the first thing she says is why isn't someone doing something about this? Like, it just seems so dumb. Like, what do you mean? Like you've been here, you know (laughs) why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, you know, the police aren't trained. Someone, he's coming for us. And then she says, what are you talking about? And this is what Brad says, right? Rather than telling her to keep her safe, he says, you'll see. Like, okay. <laughs> he's coming for us. What are you talking about? You'll see. Like, that's the worst of... He's scared. though. <laughs> no. Yeah, but still, you wouldn't... <laughs> it's so Br- trash. Brad-,
1: Brad is a renowned coward, so... Like uh, even yeah, then, you I'm feel like he would stick with stuff.
4: her, or. But yes. And then her classic line in the gap, like when she—if you choose to kill Nemesis at, th- at the end, <laughs> yes. And she goes, "You want stars? I'll give you stars." Like <laughs> I,
1: the, think, I think that you're... doesn't
4: even mean anything.
1: Yeah, she—he sees stars. She kills him. It makes perfect <laughs> sense.
2: <laughs> uh, it's a
1: Capcom game. She's
2: stunning him.
4: Five. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I say, I I really enjoy the world-building in this. I feel like the script is horrible, but the plot is well paid.
1: Yeah. Now, part of me wonders, and I've wondered this for a long time, if part... So, uh, you imagine that some of the writing is bad for a reason. Like, they're trying to evoke that B-movie level of it. But the the games are also written in Japan and, and performed originally in English. So I'm wondering if part of that badness is it's people not writing for their first language recording, like a director who's probably not directing his first language. Like you think some of that comes into it? Yeah. I think, I
4: think probably I I would argue that I don't think these were written tongue in cheek. I don't think they knew that they were writing for, I feel like this was an honest attempt at writing a video game. If I'm being serious. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if everyone feels that way. but no, I, can, I can get behind what you're saying, Adam. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm sure there probably was language barriers when yeah. you're making In it. In retrospect, Which is probably why they tried to keep it kind of simple and not conv- make the script more convoluted. But yeah, there's definitely... <laughs> to say screws that could be tightened would be putting it lightly.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking of screws, though, when we're talking about characters... Yes. Okay. So Jill is fairly blank. She always has been. Um, she's just sort of protagonist girl. Carlos is also kind of blank, but he does have that interesting size depending on what with the live selection, like we were talking about earlier. But Nikolai is uh, totally insane, money-hungry bad guy. He's the most B movie bad guy ever. And I actually, what I really like about him. Um, is that really, essentially, he's the last villain we've had in the series who doesn't become a monster. He either gets blown up in a helicopter or the canon version, he gets away. He flies away. He lives happily ever after with his money. But he doesn't inject himself for no reason and become a monster. Which from yeah. Resident Evil 4 onwards basically just becomes an, ex- like an expected part of every game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, you found my plan. Well...
2: <laughs> Here
0: we go. go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have no reason to live as a human anymore. <laughs> Um, I have unlimited power. Uh, my favorite character in the game, however, is uh, is another USPC member, is Mikhail. Mikhail's <laughs> he's he's not blank. man. Mikhail's got backstory. He's got depth.
2: The most Scottish Russian man in the entire game. because
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, he does. He gets injured at one point. If uh, I'm remembering correctly, I'm not through the game on my my recent playthrough. Um, but he has this like hallucination. Or is that Carlos? Oh, yeah, like has... right no, 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 he there. does. When you meet, yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, you don't see it; you just hear him living it. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. Oh, when that's you, right. Yeah. When
4: you first meet him, he's injured on the tram. Yeah. There's a cute little optional
2: scene though. When if you go back to the tram before you've got all the parts, uh, he's actually going to battle off a horde of zombies,
4: and he's either like kicking a barrel or lobbing a grenade. And oh, then yeah, oh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Forgot about
4: that. There's yeah. a few of those throughout the game you can trigger.
1: That's mm. cool. That's awesome. He's uh, it's cool. Uh, but that's that's kind of it. There's no ancillary characters really, um, aside from Dario.
0: Mm. But that's the thing. When...
2: The best voice actor in the history of Resident Evil, who just shouts yes. at lines and then locks yes. himself away.
0: I mean, yeah. And I then told then, you. So, for the rest of the game, he's Nemesis because it's the same voice actor. <laughs> so... Oh
2: really?
3: <laughs>
1: you
0: never
2: see them yeah. in the
1: same room at the same time. <laughs> exactly. To be fair, uh, it's it's funny because I re- I didn't know that until last night when i was doing research um that they were the same voice does does
2: nemesis count as a character because surely i mean his name's (laughs) on the
1: box right
0: (laughs) it's well yeah i suppose obviously we need to talk about that as well but it is worth pointing out that when um when the resident evil 2 board game was being made i think i said this to show and it's kind of surprised me how many human characters there are in that game that even just play even if they're playing a small part Resident Evil Three has not nearly the same number of characters. Like we said, it, it's those main four: Dario at the beginning. There, um, that's pretty much it. You see the body of Marvin um, and Brad,
2: guy? the um, the guy who looks like Miles Bennis Dyson from 72, Two, who either gets killed by Nikolai being shot or blown up by a microwave. Oh, oh that's the, true.
0: Yeah, there is the, a couple the more UBS US commander. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then there's the, the other guy too, the other injured one.
4: Yeah, there's a couple that Nikolai like, caps on his way.
1: Good old wow. Nikolai. Oh yeah, Murphy. Ni- That's it. Nikolai's Murphy's such teacher. a scumbag.
2: I love him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve, how do you feel about the characters in the story?
2: I actually think that Jill's at her least blank slatey in this one. Like mm-hmm. she'll, you know, The second she realises Carlos is working for Umbrella, she hates him. Or at least initially, does not like him and takes the task over it. Um Carlos, like, he has moments where he'll, like, say, watch out for that traitor or other swear words to um, Jill. And, like you said, can either be somewhat upbeat or downbeat. Um, Nikolai's the star of the show, though, because yeah. he's, like, cheesy Metal Gear villain, uh, you know, scheming from behind and completely going to backstab you. Although it's a bit on the nose where, no, we can't trust her. You know, <laughs> yeah, sure, fam. I've just... I've just I've just walked all this way with these guns and fought off the giant killing machine that's stalking me. But yeah, you can't trust him.
0: <laughs> I feel okay. like you can't trust him because he's a guy in a video game called Nikolai Genovev. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty bad <laughs> guy. I am from yeah. a video
2: game, and I am called Nikolai Genovev.
1: A video game from the 90s. <sighs> or is exactly.
2: You're the law buff, side, like Resi Facts and all. What is his surname and how do you pronounce it?
0: I think it's Xenovev Actually, Ginevver is actually a uh, mistranslation. Resident it's uh, it's one of those things where it, I think it might be like an heiress and heiress situation where they translated uh, it wrong the first time, and since then they've uh, said no, it, it should have been this. Um, mm. But I'm not actually sure off the top of
1: my head. Well, let's 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 go ahead and go to YouTube for a second and look up Resident Evil Three movie. <laughs> Nik- Nikolai's in that movie.
4: He is. Don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs>
1: We've heard that movie, haven't we? He, we he we have. We've
0: seen him oh, die. Oh yeah, he
4: was in Apocalypse. Yeah. 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 It's
0: it's Zinovev, but it's also yeah. uh, been uh, mistranslated Zino- from the Russian as Genovev as well. I don't know.
2: Hmm. Regardless, sorry, it was. I think it was Genovev in um, Survivor. You know that one fire. right?
0: That's probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: We've been talking for like two minutes about right. Nikolai's last name right now. <laughs> yeah. it's, an, it's a point of contention.
0: Well, okay. In that case, let's talk about the other villain. We've skirted around it long enough. I don't know if anyone has anything in particular to say about
1: Nemesis. Uh, Mike, why don't we start with you? Um, Nemesis is freaking terrifying. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm, the first time you see him, he is literally impaling your friend. And your choice is, do you want to fight this guy or run away? Um, it, it reminds me, he reminds me a little bit of uh, of T00 or Mr. X from Resident mm-hmm. Evil 2, um, but a little more menacing because Mr. A- uh, Mr. X would appear at set points, whereas when you're walking around that police station, there's a couple of points where Nemesis might just like come through a door at you, um like a, that one stairwell that leads up to the second floor. Like, I don't remember that he always appears there, but I know he does sometimes. And uh, if I remember right, I think he can also climb that stair or jump upstairs there as well. Um, but to Adam's point from earlier, he's predictable. Like once you learn his patterns and he's, he's not really a threat because yeah. of the dodge mechanic.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's fairly accurate. There's always a moment sort of at the end part of the street section. I will always remember, obviously, once you start coming out of that area, he chases you from room to room. And you know it's going to happen if you keep playing the game, but it doesn't make it any less thrilling that um, he has his own theme music and then suddenly it kicks up a notch when he enters the room. So you'll move over to the second screen of the room. You'll hear the door go, the music will kick in and he's suddenly he's running towards you. Uh, so he always had like this thrillingness about him where you're trying to you know, stare in your toes and keep away from him. Um, he, Yeah, he is kind of like a expansion on the T00 Tyrant. I think it was once said that he is the T1000 to the T00's T800, if you're making a Terminator sort of reference, that's kind of what they mm. were going for. Um, the persistent feeling of being paranoid and that kind of thing. Um, they did a fairly good job with that. I still... <laughs> it's one of those weird things where it's accepted, but I still think it's kind of weird that he can like wield a rocket launcher. Um, but hey, there you go. Uh, Adam, well, how do you feel about Nemi? Well, Just this is... Get the-
4: nemesis um i used to love nemesis um i really definitely when i first played it put me on the edge so much and there was a lot of tension there but coming back to it after remake so much has gone out of it um it's Mm. uh, it's given the new like and it's not it's not resident evil's fault you know it's it the constraints of the system but given the experience with Remake and having Mr. X being able to follow you almost anywhere and being constant, literally constant, in parts of the game, made Nemesis feel a bit pillow fisted to me in retrospect. Sure. Um, I could walk out of a room and know he wouldn't be following me unless, um, you know, it was a specific room or two. Um and it it made it almost comical. Like he would be chasing me around and I would just walk through a door and then I would be safe. And I was kind of like laughing a little bit where I was like, oh, I just had to go through this door. I've fooled the nemesis, <laughs> you know. So I, I it lost a lot of impact for me so you're fr- beca- because of Remake,
2: anymore at all,
4: in my opinion. because of Mr. X, yeah? Sorry, what was that, you're, Steve? You're saying Mr. X completely is like overshadowed him at this point. I think so, yeah. The experience that that provided um, was a lot more tense, I feel like, than than Nemesis. And again, you know, it's system constraints. I completely understand it. One was released in 1999, you know, one was just released a year ago, or two years, whatever it was now. Um, So... Two years, uh, man. Two seven I months. don't even remember, bro. Time travel, time changes. With when was it? It came out last year, right? No, it came this out this year. year. January. <laughs> Dude, it feels like it was a long time. How ago. long do you think For we've been
0: doing to... this podcast?
4: Bro, forever <laughs> in my dreams every night. Um, well, anyway, yeah, sorry, this year. If, um, but yeah, like, like I say, it's. It's something that hasn't aged well, I feel mm. like. Um, That's fair enough. It, the, the, yeah. the tension isn't there for me anymore. Um, but, again, like, it is what it is. It, the tension was definitely there back in the day, so I'm not going to tip for that. My My level of expectation has changed as opposed to that game. Mm. So I do like that in the game there is a Mr. X and a Tyrant. Like, they had to throw those in there just to be, like little nods towards the, the previous games.
2: Yeah.
0: Steve, what's your take?
2: See, I'm almost the polar opposite of Adam. Um, I kind of feel like, while Mr. X is impressive in Remake 2, you can outpace him pretty much all the time, and he's very easily countered with like a flashbang, or you just bait a punch and walk around him. Nemesis, it's, it's one of two things. I mean, obviously, we've got to talk about he delivers every single line of dialogue with conviction, but... <laughs> Uh,
1: no, it's... and and he—you he never, never, a never question what he's looking for either. Yeah, it's <laughs> stores,
2: you know, and and it's, I will argue this before we get any further. He has had the best delivery of that line in REC and nowhere else.
0: Yeah, true enough.
2: Um, but no, as a thing, if you're running from him, he's terrifying until you leave the room. But if you're fighting him, it's like a thrill ride, easily the best boss they've ever done because of the dodge mechanic. But you know. It's just always a tense white knuckle thing because he's faster than you, stronger than you, you know. And it does that traditional Resident Evil thing where, all oh, right, I've downed him. He's getting back up. Oh, you know, mm. various swear words. I have literally got seven shotgun shells left. I don't think it's going to be enough. Mm. I think he's also the first Resident Evil enemy that has um, HP diminished from, like, if you shoot him five times and go through a door... Those damages, he still has his HP registered at that. Because, I mean, you could technically shoot monsters for days, not kill them, come back in, they're still at full HP. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but, no, as, as a whole, I love him. Because he's an ever-constant threat. I would argue scarier when he's off-screen, when you know he's going to be showing up at some point. Um, all yeah. his little, like, instances, where he appears with, like, the rocket launcher and takes out a helicopter, or randomly punches through a hydrant and stares at you and screams... I love it. I, that's just like he looks ridiculous. I don't like his design at all, but the concept of him and the fact that he's unlike T double zero, Mr. X, he is stronger than you, he is faster than you, and he will outpace you if you try and run. You have to be careful. That, yeah. It. Um,
1: and he's got, he's got that one haymaker move Adam mentioned earlier, which it's like the hard one of the hardest moves in the game to dodge because it just happens.
4: Mm. Yeah, the wrong punch is, is a super awesome move. It gets me every time. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. If it just takes but, the mood to him, just lunges for you from three meters away. Yeah. Meters,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's really <laughs> interesting that you said that because for me, um, I always thought the design part of him perhaps was stronger than the actual concept. Uh, following on from t o and Resident Evil 2, obviously, he's a different beast in some ways. Like, he can run, he is a bit more unpredictable. But. It is a similar theory, and it did feel like there were, at the time, it was just like, hey, let's do one of them, but make it a constant version um, and amp up the design. So I feel like, to me, that's why he's more iconic, because of the way that he looks and the way that he moves, less so Mm. the presence. I never really got that so much, but I concede that most people think the other way, so that's completely fine. Obviously, we'll talk about it, um, but it'll be interesting to see how exactly they handle him when he's been remade and how that's going to stack up to t Will he be um, looked at as, oh, they did this in the last game? You know, we, I mean, since Remake 2 immediately came out, we all had that same thought of, well, how are they going to handle Nemesis now that they've just done essentially what they did before with t right. Um, So it's going to be really interesting to see him or uh, like redesigned and all HD and, and mm. what exactly that means, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that very very soon. Um, the sort of final point before we wrap up, uh, obviously we should talk about um, some more design elements. So like the soundtrack, if anyone has any notes to make on that, generally I think I feel like it is one of the weaker ones of um, the sort of PlayStation titles. It does have some really great stand-up pieces, like Nemesis's theme that we mentioned. Uh, the save room theme is one of the best. And personally for me, and it's just a tiny little piece that loops, uh, but I really like the option screen theme as well, just like another gentle piece of music.
2: Um, Off the main menu, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, It's got a few other bits and pieces, but nothing that really, nothing fantastic. It's all good, but nothing really fantastic aside from those for me. Um, uh, Steve, how do you feel about the sound?
2: I mean, it will never... Ever reach the heights of Mansion Basement from Director's Cut, <laughs> but I, I, I think I really do like. I mean, it's not and RE2, but it's it's definitely, definitely a good soundtrack. I, it, it's it's sad to say that it's the bronze medal, mm. but it's still, <laughs> it's still really good. Like the only things that are a bit meh are like the more ambient stuff, like in the Dead Factory and the Hospital. They are kind of like just bland like ambient themes We're like,
0: Ooh. yeah.
2: But the city itself, when it's going to hell, it feels like truly like a city in mourning
1: kind of. Oh, stuff. that's
0: true. Yeah, yeah city yeah. of ruin is incredible, of course.
1: Hmm. Um. And, yeah. Ah, uh, go ahead. Oh, I, well, I was just going to say:
2: Do we know if the composer was the same from RE uh, the original RE1 and, uh, RE one and and Resident Evil two? Or
0: you know, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I if believe different one. I believe that. Um, at least one of the audio design team was there, but I don't know if it's the person that handles the foley more than the sound or what. It's very hard to tell with some of the Resident Evil games because their composers aren't, you know, they mm. don't have their own Wikipedia articles or anything. Yeah, They're that's not big unfortunate enough for that, really. So. Really? Um, so I don't actually know uh, for certain. Uh,
1: Masume Ueda's... My, 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 yeah, Masume
0: My Ueda made, was, was also credited for Resident Evil 2, but I don't know if that's sound design.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, it doesn't specifically say. Um, Resident Evil Three is the worst, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> when when you're starting up Resident Evil One, you hit the start button. It says Resident Evil One. Resident Evil Two. Hit the start button. It says Resident Evil Two. <laughs> you go to Resident Evil Three. You hit the start button. You know what it says? It Resident Evil.
4: Evil. <laughs>
3: Where's <laughs> no, my three?
0: I think or
1: or, or three. You know, give me, give me, give me an indicator of what game I'm playing. Do you know what? Time. I think
0: the GameCube version does does have it because the GameCube ports um, have different. Um, Is title it Joe calls. White again? Yeah, the Joe mode. White, who did um, the remake one. Uh, he Resistance recorded.
3: Evil. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he recorded some for the ports, so I believe they all have their titles properly said. Uh, I'm fairly certain. Okay, so well, there you go.
1: In that In that case, it, it's it's all right. It's pretty good. <laughs> it, it's, it, <laughs> it's, a, it's it's Resident Evil uh, I know what I'm getting into I, it does a good job of evoking a theme um, the soundtracks are always like I'm never going to like listen to the soundtracks outside of playing the game but I don't think I can think of a survival horror game that does it as good as Resident Evil does
3: mm.
0: Adam what about you?
4: I think that the soundtrack for this game is serviceable but forgettable mm. um a few standouts like i think has already been mentioned city in ruin is a great track and the save room theme is a good one but other than that it's it doesn't really stick with me too much um other than the heightened nemesis moments yeah um i like the um sound effects um they they're not great but i just enjoy them See, I like them all except for
2: the starting pistol.
4: That just sounds like you're fighting at them. Yeah, the the, the pistol <laughs> is a bit weak, but Nemesis has a has a lot of good little sound effects built mm. in. Um, that's <sighs> the, yeah, that's like right. exactly. Yeah, he's got that, and he's got like his stompy boots, and mm. you know, which is fun. Like he has a lot more presence, um, and like you were saying earlier, I think it would be interesting to see how he translates into a a new title. You know. We've had the undercover detective that was Mister X, <laughs> and I'm ready for the, the lever daddy that is Nemesis. <laughs> um,
3: so. I can't oh wait for the
1: PC mods. <laughs> Nemesis wearing a wearing a a gimp mask.
0: Yeah, the PVC um, mods, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Okay.
4: <laughs> so, but yeah, like I say, I think it was a, definitely a completely serviceable. Um, it was just. Quite forgettable. Um, other than that, I don't know what what much else there is to say in terms of this the sound mm. design. Mm. I so think it feels that. bad. TV Someone worked hard on that.
0: And... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, uh, I think it's time that we wrap this discussion up. So let's go around and give our closing thoughts. How do you feel about Resident Evil Three and its legacy, uh, Mike? Since you're the guest, we'll start with you.
1: Um... I opened up by saying resident evil three was my first resident evil. And, um, just like with my first girlfriend, there's always going to be a part of me that loves it. (laughs) Uh, I think that there are, there are a lot of things that it did to, to forward the series. Um, they tried a lot of stuff, but ultimately speaking, it, it didn't feel like a complete game to me now as an adult, like looking back on it, it doesn't feel like a full game. Um, I'm excited for where the future holds. Uh, I, I love Mercenaries, but I'm glad that it stuck around. Um, but like Adam says, it's 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 a solid game, but kind of ultimately a little bit of forgettable.
0: Uh, Steve, what do you think?
2: Uh, I can appreciate it for its more experimental quirks and standout boss character. But I think the thing that mostly leaves for me is I can probably play the, the same game. To, I can play the game twice in one day and it won't be the same playthrough mm. even if I try to make it the same. And that I appreciate. That's
0: fair. Mm-hmm. and adam what do you think
4: um at the time i uh, when i said at the beginning at the time it was probably my most played resident evil game and i really loved it um it was a little bit more actiony um it was a bit more linear that in a way that i enjoyed you know i could just play through um and kind of know the route i was going without a lot of backtracking um but coming back to it honestly i, I feel like it was just very disappointing um didn't hold my interest. Um, the The story was not really there, and the acting was bad. Um, it's a fine game, but I had. It, I think it was one of those things that you get a lot with nostalgia, where my memories of it ended up being a lot better than the actual experience. Um, so I was a little disappointed in it, but it, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just. It's not as good as 1 and it's not as good as 2. So it's it's just like, I'm probably never going to go back to it now. Unless there's a remake, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it, it's okay. It's just, for all the innovation that we're saying goes on in this game, I feel like 2 felt more innovative yeah. um, to me. You know, like the, the whole two discs, two characters, the story's changed up. It it felt way more advanced than 3 ended up feeling. Mm. 3 ended up feeling like it could have come before 2. Yeah, I think that's fair. But, I mean, again, you know, it's it's hindsight. At the time, I really enjoyed the game. It's an old game. I'm not going to take that away from it.
0: For me, I think if I took all of the classic-styled Resident Evil games, so 1, the first remake... 2, 3, Code Veronica, and Zero. Um, If it wasn't for the fact that Zero's gameplay is kind of a mess at times, Resident Evil 3 could be on the bottom. And that's not saying that I hate it or even dislike it. I just think all those other games are so, so, so solid that it it does struggle to live up to a lot of them, um, especially now. At the time, like I said, it was the game that I had the least time playing, I had the least experience with, so I don't really have the sort of nostalgia. And... That's not me sort of defending my opinion and and, and uh, sort of attacking anyone else that loves this game, saying it's nostalgia. That that's whatever. I just I can play it more now because I don't have that nostalgia, and I do enjoy playing it. But it definitely isn't anywhere near to the top for me. But I do really like all the all the stuff that makes it unique. The ammunition, like the gunpowder thing. Yeah, I always screw myself over with it. That's my own bad. But I really appreciate for that for what it is. And the stuff that it adds to the overall lore, like it really did a good job of contributing to the major sort of universe of what was going on in Resident Evil at the time. Um, so that's why I look back fondly on it. Stuff like the UBCS and stuff like that, that really came out of this that I love it for as well. So obviously the game has now 20 years old so happy birthday Resident Evil 3 and also since I didn't mention it on the podcast yet as we record today happy birthday Steve
1: hey Hey, happy birthday thank you very much
3: alright
0: and uh, we'll continue talking about Resident Evil 3 after this little break
1: the most intense
6: Most horrifying. It's in your blood. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. The nightmare continues,
2: only from Capcom.
0: All right, well, our bite-sized discussion this week is Resident Evil 3-focused. It's a very obvious one, but nonetheless, we should talk about it since it's the subject of this podcast. Resident Evil 3, the remake is... It's probably coming, we don't have official confirmation, but all signs point to yes. If it does occur, what are your predictions for Resident Evil 3 Remake? Uh, Steve, let's start with you.
2: Oh, oh, oh holy heck. Um, as for predictions, I'm, I kind of think they're going to stay away from the RPD. Oh, right, Because uh, the, there's like literally one wall in the RPD which signifies Nemesis may have been here.
3: Mm.
2: And... There's no other, like, signs. And if they want to try and make a more cohesive continuity, there's there's the old broken window to consider. And it'd be easier just to go somewhere else. I mean, Brad isn't even there. And (laughs) if Nemesis has to kill Brad, might as well be somewhere else. Mm. Uh, I I think my main prediction, though, is they've got to do something with Nemesis to make him stand out against T-Double-Zero. Because if he's just the same, he's not going to be any fun. If he's just that but faster, that's not very much fun. So they really have to take that to the design table and think how they're going to make Nemesis interesting. I, that That's more of a hope than a prediction, but there, there it is.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Some of mine actually, I mean, what you said has kind of informed some of my answer. So I think there will be an RPD section um, hmm. just for the sake of, hey, look, remember this from the game you played a couple of years ago? Um, <laughs> I think it will be... A small section i also would predict that you don't you haven't run into nemesis at all by this point so my expectation mm. would be but just to keep it safe on that side of thing um is that perhaps after you come through the main gate into the sort of streets area where leon and or claire came in through maybe that's where you encounter nemesis and have the first mm. sort of fight and maybe he kills brad there i would also think that possibly nemesis is going to be playable in some kind whether it's a um another mode, a, merc- a mercenaries mode or a multiplayer mode of some kind. Or maybe even they'll attempt what they did with Resident Evil 6, where you can drop in and have players take control of enemies. Uh, maybe that's a mode that you can play the campaign with someone dropping in as Nemesis and chasing you around.
2: Maybe. Oh, can you imagine that? Someone yeah. joins in as Nemesis and then they lose connection. Nemesis just stands
0: there. <laughs> t <T-post laughs> Nemesis. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Adam, what are your
0: predictions for Remake 3?
4: um i'm in i you know what i, I think it would be it'll be interesting to see how they do the plot i can see like resident evil 2 is like a universally loved thing you know and there, and there was so much hype for a remake on 2 more so than i feel 3 mm. and i and i feel that even with 2 they kind of took the main beats of the story but changed it I can see three being very different to the the game. Yeah. Um, because really all they need is Nemesis and you've kind of got three, you know, you can do anything. And as long as you've got Nemesis in there, you still kind of have that three feeling. Um, I'm mostly interested as to how Nemesis wor- would work because if they make him fast then you'll probably have to have a character that can dodge. Um, So they have to bring that back Mm. because if he's fast and you're still playing like the, the limitations of the resident evil two remake characters, I mean, you're just going to get smoked every time um, if he lives up to how nemesis should act. Mm. So I can see it being a lot more action than horror. um, But like i say i think i think in terms of story we're going to see something very different
0: yeah i would agree with
4: to, that compared to the original game i would agree with that um,
0: resident evil 2 is more precious and i think they played it somewhat safe with the story and they didn't go to too heavy of a detail even though they did change loads of little things which of course yeah. controversy but three i feel like they can play a bit more fast and loose with like you say um in terms of the dodge mechanic yeah, I think there needs to be something, and it would work as well, because Claire is just a college student. Leon is a beat cop or whatever. He's not really anybody special, whereas Jill and the mercenary guys are all trained soldiers, so they would be more apt at uh, that kind of thing. So technically, it would actually make sense for them to have more ability and more uh, movement uh, choices available to them in combat, and it'd be a bit more action-focused.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mike, what are your predictions for Resident Evil Three: The Remake?
1: Um, I 100% agree with Adam's assessment. Like, I think they're going to take a bunch of different directions with the story. Um, I think we're going to see if I think we're going to see Nikolai inject himself with T virus. Oh god, I don't uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> um. But honestly, I what I my wish list I hope is we see a little bit of throwback to Resident Evil 2. Like I'm wondering if we're going to see Marvin and he and like if there's a scene in the RPD, I'm wondering if that's the scene where like mm-hmm. maybe he and Jill are the one that lower the shutters or tape up those boxes that are taped up. Like like I would like to see some of that. I would like to see some continuity bridge. Um, Marvin but, was a
2: standout of remake 2. They should yeah. really put him in
1: there. Yeah. Um, so that's about it. Like I, I Resident Evil 2, the remake of two is, is as much as I nitpick it, I'm really glad it came out. I'm really glad, like happy how they did it. I have faith that they'll do three honor, but as long as it's got Jill Valentine and it's got Nemesis doing Nemesis stuff, I'm on board.
0: <laughs> I think, yeah, you're probably you're probably right. They will tie it into remake two. Um, and I've been of the opinion for some time now, but it's gonna be like a separate canon. Um, And the ties that they have with Remake 3 and Remake 2 is going to make that more apparent that these games take place in their own universe, separate from the original, Um, because they're probably going to do some things. Like you say, if they had Jill interacting with Marvin and stuff, that would do some things to undo Outbreak um, and make that non-canon, as it were, in this universe. I feel like Remake 2, Remake 3, and Project Resistance are probably their own... Their own sort of modern universe, but we'll see when we get there.
1: Like a relaunch of the universe.
0: Yeah, like yeah, just another split timeline, if you will. Remake one starts, and then you either go down this classic route with all these games, or the more recent games are going to be their own, their own Earth Two or whatever you like. So nothing. Nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors. If you'd like to be part of the show, then please look into auditioning for our file readings. One way to get in touch is to email us at faspraypod at gmail.com. But of course, the best course of action is to join our Discord server where you can also ask questions for the bite-sized discussion, discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans, and listen to the podcast live as it's being recorded. The link to the server is in the description of this podcast and also on our social media profiles. You can follow us on Twitter at fa FASprayPod, on Instagram at FASprayPod pod and on facebook at facebook.com forward slash fa spray pod you can find the podcast on youtube stitcher spotify and itunes and if you enjoyed the show please do leave us an itunes review if you can it helps spread the word our next episode, as I previously hinted towards, will be about Capcom's all-star card battling game, Teppan, and the Resident Evil expansion, Day of Nightmares. So join us for that very, very soon. Thank you to the panel. You can follow us all individually. I'm at Siniac underscore one, two, three. Steve is at Firebutton Games. You can find Adam on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash MrLuckyPaint. And Michael's on Instagram at PaintedTableReady. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week.
2: do a multiplayer game personally i'd have gone the um the lost planet route or something but that's just me you know mm. lost planet 2 is a gem it's a fantastic game even now
1: yeah but they kind of did lost planet with monster hunter
2: yeah but where's my resident evil one of them <laughs> <laughs> give
0: uh, me a genre and slap biohazard on it
2: <laughs> yeah i mean we'll
4: get started playing fine games if we put.
0: it's true you know you absolutely would <laughs> You oh, can play a flying game Project 3?
4: Resistance. Did you not see the clip of that dude just punching the zombie <laughs> in the
1: head? You've never wanted to punch a zombie in the head, Steve? I hate that. <laughs> I hate that.
0: If you wanted to, I mean, you've already punched zombies in the head if you played RE7 because of the DLC. Yeah. Mm. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, then are zombies, I guess. Whatever.
2: Do we, do we have that bugbear? Or is it just me? When people refer to the things from RE4 and 5, is that just me? Uh, yeah, a little they're, bit. They body snatch people. They're not. They're not zombies. Let's
4: a Yeah, no, I don't call them zombies. I don't really think of them as zombies. Yeah, they're way better than zombies.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Is that a friendship ender there, Adam? <laughs> no, you know it's true. I yeah. do. Zombies are stupid. Zombies <laughs> are awesome, but like,
4: just in terms of like enemy wise like the the <laughs> the ganados a pretty badass